listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I had a thought in my spirit that I wanted to share with you tonight before we pray. Uh, and I titled it that way, Unlimited Capacity. And uh, the reason I, I was uh, wanting to teach on that is because as we were flying today, I was I was reading, uh, of course, we did our Bible reading for today, the same that you guys are on Luke uh, 12 through 22 today. And then I got a hold of Dr. Lester Summerall's life story. And uh, I found a, a website, like before we took off on the plane today, and uh, it had some of the PDFs of his books to download for free. And uh, I snagged that one for my for my iPad before we took off. And so I was listening, or not listening, I was, I was reading uh, Dr. Summerall's life story, <laughs> like an extremely interesting biography. And he wrote it, so it was an autobiography, um, of just how he got started. It was actually cracking me up a little bit because he was a pretty rough guy to start his life. I mean, he was... He was very rough. He he was a thief. Uh, even though his, he grew up in church, his mom was very devoted to church. His dad was a rough guy. Worked in the in uh, with metal. He was like did some blacksmith type work and uh, really rough. Didn't like the church. Didn't like preachers. And so Lester Summerall kind of had that same feeling. Like I don't like preachers. I don't like evangelists and all this. He'd steal. He'd fight all the time. He he hung with a really rough crowd. And then it got to the place in his life where he was going to die. And uh, he had tuberculosis, was coughing up chunks of his lung, uh, lungs and was going to die. And the doctor said, your son's dead. I'm going to go write the death certificate and, uh, and bring it back. And then you can bury him tomorrow. And so left him to die. He's in his room at 17 years old. And as he's laying there in bed that night, he looks to the left and sees a coffin. And he knew by his spirit, uh, it was his coffin and he was going to die. It was the end of his life. But then he looked to the other side of his bed and there was a huge Bible. He said he could see like it was so huge that the, uh, the words were jumping off the page and the Lord spoke to him and he said, tonight you have to choose one of these two things. And he said, well, Lord, of course I'll go back to church. I'll become a Christian. I'll believe in you. And the Lord said, no, I've heard that from you too many times. I've heard that from you too many times. You've told me you'd go to church. You've told me you'd serve me. And he, he said, well, what, is, what do you want me to do? And he said, you'll either preach or you'll die. And, and that's literally the, the ultimatum he had on his deathbed at 17 years old. You will preach or you will die. And he, so he said, of course, I'll make a deal with you, Lord. I'll preach. You know, I'll preach the gospel until I die. And if you just keep me alive, I don't want to die. So I'll preach. So he made that deal with the Lord, but it was really a funny thing because he said that even though he made that deal with the Lord, he still really wasn't serving the Lord like that. Like he was, he agreed to be a preacher, but he really had no relationship with Jesus. And so he said, uh, I, I just told my mom, I'm leaving and I'm going to preach and uh, I'm going to just start. And she said, well, where are you going to go? He said, I don't know. I'll write you and tell you where I'm at. And so he just left. And, uh, and and just packed a bag and just drove out of town with his friend 
until they got up to where these you know farms were miles and miles from where he lived and uh he came up on this farm and this farmer had an old schoolhouse on the property and so he demanded that the farmer would give him the key to the schoolhouse so he could hold a revival and the farmer's like no i'm not letting you do that he's like the lord told me if i don't preach i'm gonna die so if you don't give me that key to the schoolhouse and i can't preach i'm gonna die and it's gonna be your fault that's what he that's what he told the told the farmer and he's like fine you can have the key so he went and started holding meetings in that farmhouse and he said the first night eight farmers came cursing spitting on the walls you know they were chewing tobacco and stuff just made fun of him laughed at him the whole time and uh he just said i don't care if they all go to hell you know he didn't like people back then that much like i'm, I'm not sure how much he liked people later in life but um so he, he just was like you can all go to hell as far as i'm concerned i'm preaching that's what the lord asked me to do and so they all left and he was like man i ruined it he was like eight people came and i was mad and preached mad and sent, sent them all out well the next night 40 people came back including women and children and then more people came, and then it was over 100, and then it was over 200, and, and all this stuff. And he, and he was still preaching to people, but had no love for people. It was, it was really just that he had made a deal with God that I'll preach so that I don't die. And uh, there came a night where he had a, a, a powerful touch from God while he was in one of those schoolhouse meetings. And he had a buddy that he traveled with that would lead the singing. And uh, when he was leading the singing, he said, I was sitting over there waiting to start preaching that night. And it was like, I saw a vision go in front of me. And it's the vision you've probably heard Dr. Summerall tell, or you've maybe even heard me talk about it. How Dr. Summerall said the Lord showed him all the people of the world that were going out. Uh, yeah, it, it was like Jonah, Stephen, because he even, he even said that he was like Jonah in the book. He said, I felt like Jonah. I went to Nineveh to preach to people that I didn't even want to preach to. So he said, I, I saw this vision of all the peoples in the world. He said, dressed in their, uh, the, the, you know, the, he called them costumes, but the garb of their country, you know, African dashikis and kimonos from Japan and all these things going out. And they were all kind of marching in one direction, marching in one direction. And he said, the Lord lifted him up above the crowd and he could see that they were marching forward. And the Lord said to him, that's the road of life. That's the road of life. And then the Lord took him towards the end of the road and he saw that it just dropped right off of a cliff. And he said, when I looked over the side, people were screaming and dying as they were dropping into the flames of hell. And he said, people were tortured as they fell and they were ripping at their faces and clawing and they were dying. And he was talking about how after God gave him that vision, you know, he didn't know what was happening. That vision was happening to him while the guy was leading praise and worship in his schoolhouse revival. He woke up from that vision and the schoolhouse was dark. They'd even taken the lantern out. Everybody was gone and he was just laying prostrate on the ground in a dark schoolhouse. Didn't even know how long it had taken place. But from that night forward, the Lord gave him a supernatural compassion for people. And he said, from that night forward, I had a deep, deep love for the people of the world, for the people in the different nations, you know, around the world. Of course, he's only 17 at this time, 17, 18 years old. And he had a deep love for the people of the world. He said, God changed my heart on that night. And then God filled him with the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak with other tongues. You know, he said it was so sad 
being a preacher that wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, you know, I, I would pray and, and I would pray for people and they'd get healed and I'd have people get saved and I'd baptize people in water. He said, but I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'd even preach on the Holy Ghost and other people would get filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, there would be services where I would preach on the Holy Ghost and people at the altar would all get filled with the Holy Ghost, start speaking in tongues. He said, and then when they were done speaking in tongues, all the people would crowd around me and lay hands on me as the preacher and cry out to God and say, Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Give him the gift of tongues and, and, and let him speak with other tongues and let him be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, but I never got it. And he said, the thing that, um, that bothered me, he said, they'd even try to get around me and try to pray me through, you know. He said, they'd get around me and they'd say, now, and they, they would try to coach him, you know, in tongues. And they say, no, say Baba, say Shiti, say, you know, and they would try to get him filled with the Holy Ghost. And they say, now shout hallelujah, now say glory, now say hallelujah, now say shata, now say, and he said, and I didn't, he said, I thought that was ridiculous. He said, because I didn't want to be a part of anything that was fake. I didn't want to be a part of anything that was fake. He said, so I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And he said, I didn't want an experience like that. And I didn't want to receive the Holy Ghost like that. He said, so Lord, I told Lord, Lord, if you're going to give me this gift, let it be so genuine that I know that it's you and only you that's doing this work. And uh, there was a time when he was in a house of one of the uh, people that he was staying with. And it was actually, I believe, his brother and his sister-in-law. And he was in the room one night. And uh, his brother, who was also a preacher, couldn't make it to his crusade. But his brother's wife did come to the crusade. And he said the walls of the, their house were very thin. And he said, uh, I heard my brother ask my sister-in-law, how did Lester's crusade go tonight? And she said, if he lives a thousand years, he won't make it as a preacher. And he said that so crushed him to hear her say that, you know, if he lives a thousand years, he won't make it as a preacher. He said, I began to cry out to God. I began to ask the Lord and the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he said it was such a powerful experience. It was such a powerful encounter he had with the Holy Spirit. He said that the next night or the next morning when he went down to breakfast, he said, um, he told them, he said, something happened to me last night. And they were all smiling and they said, we know. And he said, I never did ask uh, if they heard me doing something in my room or if they also had encounters with the Holy Ghost the night before, like I did, or how they knew. He said, I never asked them how they knew. He said, but they knew that something had changed in me um, after that night took place. Sorry, I, I skipped. After that took place, um, uh, he started saying that the supernatural power of God began to manifest uh, in his ministry like he'd never seen it. And of course, as you know, he started traveling around the world and uh, Dr. Summerall ended up ministering in, I think, about 110 nations during his ministry, including Soviet Russia, uh, in Germany, during Nazi Germany, uh, Poland, around the world, Tibet, uh, Manchuria, you know, crazy, 110 nations, um, to the point where when he got back to places where, like the United States during World War II, 
They knew he'd been in Nazi Germany and traveled to all these suspicious places. They thought maybe he was a spy and they would interrogate him for hours and he would just evangelize those guys. And they'd be like, you know, you're too religious to be a spy. <laughs> you're not a Nazi and you're not a spy. And he would just, he would evangelize these guys. Something took place when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is that uh, the capacity of his ministry, it, it, it completely went to the unlimited place. You know, he had a very limited capacity. You know, he, would, he even said in his, in, his, um, in his biography, he was like, you know, I, my preaching was terrible. He was like, I was a terrible preacher. He said, my meetings were terrible. Uh, people didn't enjoy them. You know, it's like people would come because of certain things that I would do. He said, but you know, it was, I wasn't good. He said, I was, I was first of all, bitter and I had, I was young and had very little, if any wisdom to share with the people from the scripture. And he said, people would even make fun of him. This guy preaches on the Holy ghost and he's not even filled with the Holy ghost and they'd make fun of him. And, uh, everything changed when he got filled with the Holy spirit and his ministry went to a supernatural place. And you start to think about how his ministry went to an, un, an unlimited capacity place. And that's why this month of January, by the way, for people that are sewing, we're putting in your hands the, the first book he ever published, Adventuring with Christ. Because <laughs> let me tell you, these are some of the most supernatural uh, stories of his life that you could ever imagine anyone having as experiences. I mean, think about a, think about a time in the world where the where technology was extremely limited. You know, the 1920s. We're talking the 1920s, early 1930s, where you didn't fly places. You took a a steamship, you took a cargo ship. There was no cell phones or television or anything like that. And um and, and he talks about how he, this is the story of uh, how he got um, connected with the great man of God, Howard Carter, who really had a revelation of the nine gifts of the spirit and really did some of the first teaching for that century on the, the gifts of the spirit. Of course, everybody's familiar with Dr. Summerall's book, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit, but he learned those things from Dr. Howard Carter from England and uh, what a powerful revelation of the gifts of the Spirit that Dr. Carter had. And by the word of knowledge, think about this. When they got connected, it was at a revival service in Arkansas. And Dr. Carter came all the way from London to preach for a few nights in Arkansas. And he wasn't going to come because he said that's too long of a trip for just a few nights. You know, 4,000 miles back then was a massive trip. Dr. Sumrall was holding a revival in another church that was about 150 miles away from that place where he was gonna be. He canceled, now listen to this. Listen to how powerful this is when you're led by the Spirit. I'm talking about unlimited capacity tonight. Um, Dr. Sumrall was in the midst of a revival canceled the revival because the Lord said, you have to be in that convention 150 miles away in Arkansas. So he went to the pastor, said, I have to, I'm leaving today, like leaving right now. And the pastor was so angry at him. He said, you don't keep your word. You're going to fail in the ministry. I can't believe you're making me 
uh, finish this crusade. I can't believe I have to preach and you're leaving. I'm not giving you any money. He said, I'm not giving you any money. He said, I didn't ask for any. He said, I just want you to understand the Lord is asking me to go to this convention. I have to be there. About, I can't remember how, how long before it was before that, but Dr. Carter was praying in London and the Lord spoke to him that God was going to attach to him a younger man that would help him and assist him in the ministry. And he wrote all this down and he said, he'll say these things to you and uh, this is what he's gonna do in your life and in your ministry. And then Dr. Summerall felt to go and meet him at that convention. So he shows up and ends up meeting Dr. Howard Carter and says to him on the sidewalk, all of the things that Dr. Carter wrote down. And he said, I'm sorry, I've never talked like that before. I don't even know why I'm saying those things. He said, I know why you're saying them. He said, come with me. And he led him back to where he was staying, pulled out his little diary. And he said, uh, you had a vision that you were supposed to be here. You knew it. He said, yes, all these months ago. He said, when was it? And he told him. And the same time God spoke to Dr. Carter, God spoke to Lester Summerall. He said, look at the things the Lord told me you'd say. Opened up that little diary. And, and he said, those are all the things that I said to you today that I didn't know why I was talking like that. He said, yes, the Lord by his spirit brought us together. And it was supernatural. Well, think about this for a second. Again, I'm talking about unlimited capacity and drinking an orange juice. I'm talking about unlimited capacity in the Holy Ghost. Um, he said he made a mistake because he said after that meeting that we had, we went our separate ways. And I told him, I will travel with you. I will be your assistant. I'll do whatever. I'll not leave you. It was like, Paul and Timothy, Elijah and Elisha. He said, but I made a mistake. He said, because Brother Carter left and I had no idea where he was going and I had no way to get in touch with him and I didn't, ha I didn't have any way to link up with him. I didn't even ha really have any money. He said, so it was amazing because by the unlimited capacity of the Holy Spirit, Dr. Summerall found Howard Carter on the other side of the world. Now, I want you to hear this because this is like mind blowing. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have an unlimited capacity. And in fact, I want you to write that in the comments tonight. I have unlimited capacity. I want you to put it in the comments. It's extremely important that you get this tonight. I have unlimited capacity. And I'm gonna tell you how this happened. The Bible says in the, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, that when the spirit of truth is come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth is come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. So the Bible also declares that in Romans chapter eight, the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, Romans 8, 14. And so we know that when you have the Holy Spirit and he's operating in you, you've got an unlimited capacity. He can lead you. He can teach you. The Bible, in fact, says that we have no need that any man should teach us, for the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. We have unlimited capacity. And it's, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. So, yes, uh, Stephen, it was, uh, they were going to meet 
in New Zealand, actually. Think about how powerful this is. So he's in the United States and he says, well, do you have any idea where uh, Dr. Carter is? And they said, we think, we, we think he went to California. So he goes to California and Dr. Carter's gone. And he said, uh, do you guys have any idea where Dr. Carter went? Someone said China, someone said Japan, and someone else told him India. Now think about this. He has no way to get in touch with Dr. Carter and knows that he's supposed to be following him and traveling with him. One preacher told him he's going to China. One preacher said Japan, and another preacher told him India. Now think about that. All the people that live in those three nations, it's like a needle in a haystack. And he said, well, all right. And even though he didn't have clear direction from any of those preachers, China, Japan, India. Okay, which one is it? He prayed and the Lord told him, start from the bottom and work your way up. Start from the bottom. And he knew the Lord was telling him to go to Australia first. That's interesting. He heard China, he heard Japan, and he heard India from the three people that knew Dr. Carter. But the Lord told him, start from the bottom and work your way up. So he booked a ticket to go to Australia on a steamship, cargo and passenger. <laughs> now think about it. Like there's no planes. It's not like it is now. You have to sit on a ship. And by the way, he had no money. Nobody was sponsoring him. He had no partners. No denomination was backing him to go. So he, he literally just got on a ship and headed in the direction of Australia with a one-way ticket. Think about that. A one-way ticket with no money to get back. There were no credit cards. There wasn't Western Union. There was no Cash App or PayPal. There, there was none of that. He took the cash, bought a one-way ticket to Australia, and had a little bit left over for food and whatever else, and went on his way the way the Lord told him. And it takes time to get from the United States to Australia on a steamship. So he gets on the ship and goes, well, the, the ship stops in New Zealand. And he gets off. And he was going to act that there was going to be some uh, heavy duty unloading of cargo from the ship. They had tons of crates to unload. So they let the passengers know that uh, that there's, there's going to be uh, plenty of time if you want to get off here in New Zealand and just go around for the day and we'll probably take off again later tonight. So so he, he eats an early breakfast on the on the ship and then gets off and he's gonna start he's going into New Zealand and he's gonna see if anybody knows of Howard Carter. Well Howard Carter is in New Zealand holding a revival. He was supposed to be somewhere else, changed his plans, came to New Zealand, and he's up in the up in the mountains in New Zealand, and uh, the Lord, as he's, now think about this. I mean, think about this, is insane. He's in the mountains of New Zealand, and he's holding a crusade, and as he's praying that morning, the Lord speaks to him and says that the one that's, he said, I think, he says to the Lord, I think we've lost Mr. Sumrall. And God, obviously God hadn't lost Mr. Sumrall, but he said, I think we've lost Mr. Sumrall. I think he's gone. And the Lord says, no. Now listen to this. The Lord says, no. He came into the port today, this morning, or he's coming in. Excuse me, he's coming in today. 
And he told him which port he was going to come into by the spirit in prayer. And so he goes to the people that are in the crusade. He said, do any of you live in this town where the port was? And one big, huge guy lifted his hands like, yeah, I live down there. He said, are you going home? He said, yeah, I'm going to go home today. He said, when you go home, he said, go to this church. It's the Assemblies of God Church. And he said, there's going to be a man that's that's waiting for me uh, and looking for me, Dr. Lester Summerall. Back then he wasn't called doctor. It was just uh, Lester Summerall. And he said, give him this card. And he took a little card out, like a business card, and wrote his name and said, meet me in Australia in four weeks. He wasn't even going to see him because the Lord told him to meet him there. So the guy takes it. Lester Summerall's just wandering around and he's looking for an Assemblies of God church because he'd heard about a revival that, that Howard Carter had held there before. And uh, no one in town knew of an Assemblies of God church. Nobody. They, they knew where the uh, Catholic was. They knew where the, the, the Church of England or whatever, they, different places. But he said, no one knew of an Assemblies of God church. So he said, I had an idea. I started asking people on the street, um, do you know of a church where they shout and say, hallelujah, hallelujah? That's like what he started telling people. And a guy looked at him and was like, yeah, yeah. Across from the uh, railroad tracks, there's a church like that. So he goes down and there's the assembly, finds the Assemblies of God church, knocks on the door, and that big guy opens the door and says, um, hey, I've been waiting for you. He's like, no, you don't know me. He said, yeah, I do. You're Lester Sumrall. He said, how do you know I'm Lester Sumrall? He said, because Dr. Carter told me you'd be here today, told me to give you this card. And he said, Dr. Carter's in New Zealand? He said, yeah. He's up in the mountains about 100 miles up holding a, a crusade. But he told me to give you this card. And so Dr. Sumrall took the card and looked at it. And that was the message. He said, go and I'll meet you in four weeks in Australia. And so he goes, gets back on his ship that's taking off later that night to get to Australia and takes it over there. And uh, he said he knew that it was going to be uh, about four weeks before Dr. Carter came and he was waiting on him and uh, didn't even know where to meet him. He said, but it was like New Year's Day. And uh, he said, I felt to go down to the docks. So he goes down and he said, there was a ship coming in from New Zealand. He said, I went and he said, Dr. Dr. Carter, I looked at all the passengers as they got off and uh, uh, Dr. Carter wasn't on the ship. And he said, so I felt to go over to the customs office that was on the dock. He said, I said, I went over and when I walked in, there Dr. Carter was standing and waiting for me. And he said, he wasn't even amazed. You know, he wasn't even amazed. He just shook my hand and nodded and said, hey, it's good to see you again. And the miracle that was also amazing, he said, I can't believe Mr. Summerall. He said, he always called me Mr. Summerall. He said, I couldn't believe that they let you into Australia because you have no return ticket and you have no money. And he said, normally, if people don't have a return ticket to their nation and they don't have money to live on, they won't let them uh, get off and get on, you know, come on shore in, in, in Australia. He said, but, and there's another story about that as well that you'll, that you'll read if you, uh, those that are, that are sewing and partnering this month, we're sending that book, Adventuring with Christ, which I'm telling you is one of the most powerful uh, stories of faith. But think about all this. That by the Holy Spirit, I mean, think about that. By the Holy Spirit, he leaves California and 
by the leading of the Holy Ghost, finds Dr. Dr. Carter on the other side of the world with no cell phones, no social media, really not even anybody that could guide him because nobody knew what he was talking about. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, God leads and guides him. It's like I, I just saw Ashley Melton uh, comment, you know, the th same thing that as she was given her testimony a couple of years ago about when she first started getting involved with investing and really didn't know in the natural anything, but the Lord by the Holy Spirit began to guide her and began to lead her. And then God started to bless uh, the work of her hands as she just obeyed the leading of the Holy Ghost. I think back to, you know, I knew nothing about uh, uh, playing the keyboard. I knew nothing about singing or I never had led praise and worship. I'd never, never done any of those things, but by the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what was supernatural. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, God uh, anointed my mind, anointed my life with his spirit with an unlimited capacity. To this day, which is amazing, that other than, you know, doing like a keyboard one class at my high school, which was as worthless as of a class as you can take, might as well call it a free period, with no training, with no formal classes, with no, no I didn't go to college for it, didn't, no training, nothing like that, but the Lord has used me to play the piano and I've played around the world, I've led praise and worship around the world. I mean, I think about those things that I didn't, I didn't, there's no reason I should know them other than the Holy Ghost gives us unlimited capacity for our purpose. The Holy Ghost gives us unlimited capacity for our purpose. I was in, um, so when I started to get this revelation that the Holy Ghost does that, he gives us unlimited capacity, I started to get this uh, in my spirit and I realized that there were a lot of people who say things that they should not say about themselves. Thank you, Joseph. Um, and, and, and I was, back when I was a youth pastor, and I was a youth pastor for a number of years, about maybe seven, eight years, and I was asked to go speak at a youth conference that was not at my church. And so one of the things that I did is um, the Lord began to just, I mean, all kinds of things I learned by the Spirit. You know, when I was on staff at the church, uh, graphics design, web design, video editing, all those different things that I did, I learned by the Holy Ghost. I never had any training. And so I used those skills. And uh, I remember I did a piece in Photoshop or something to take with me to the youth conference. And it was really just, it's almost like I just designed a full color postcard that had all my notes and all of my, all, all the scriptures, everything that I was going to preach to give to the students that were at the conference so that they could take it home with them, have like a, a takeaway so they could remember what I preached and get it in their spirit. And when I got to the church, the youth pastor met me. And the youth pastor, I brought the box in with all the cards that I'd printed out for his for for the conference and um he looked at them i remember this vividly he looked at the cards and he said man this is awesome i said thanks man i think it'll help the students you know to remember what was preached and taught he said man 
I wish I could do this kind of stuff. He said, but I'm telling you, I'm just not good with computers. And when he said that, when he said that, something in me, I, I can't explain it because uh, I was just getting the revelation, but something in me jumped up and I was, I was irritated by it. Something in me jumped up and it just came, it's like it came out of my mouth without even me thinking about it. And he said, I'm just not good with computers. And I said, I thought you were filled with the Holy Ghost. And he like, it like stunned him. He like took a step back almost and was like, well, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm Pentecostal, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, well, then if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, stop saying that you can't learn things or that you're not good at things. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, don't say that you could do these things for your youth group, except you're just not good with computers. You can't learn computers and learn computer programs. I said, don't you know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can teach us all things. He leads us and guides us into all truth. I said, what do you think? The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He knows all things except how to teach you Photoshop, except how to teach you, you know, Microsoft, whatever. I mean, and I, and I thought there, it was just coming out of my spirit from this revelation that we have an unlimited capacity as, as believers. We have an unlimited capacity. There's nothing that's within your purpose that you can't do. There's nothing within your purpose. You know, Paul the Apostle talked like this. And I know that there's a lot of people that take his words out of context. You know, and people, you know, they, they, they'll use, um, they'll use his, the verse of scripture that Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they'll use it for literally anything. And if you listen to some Christians, literally anything, but like, you know, like, you know, you, if you listen to some of them, it's like, you know, I can fly because I can do all things through Christ. But if you look at the way Paul was teaching it, when he wrote that scripture, he wasn't talking about anything in the world. He was saying anything within my purpose of what God's called me to do. So read the things that he says before he talks about being able to do all things through Christ. And in fact, I'm going to turn there in, in the scripture and you can go there with me if you'd like to. It's kind of weird, like holding the phone and like trying to flip through the Bible at the same time. Um, but let me read it to you because I want you to see this in the, in the truest context here. And I love this because As Paul did it, it wasn't 2021 back then. It wasn't, uh, it, you couldn't book a hotel. You couldn't book an airline. You know, it's, you had, to, if you were going to travel on behalf of the early church, you had to be dedicated to do it. And Paul was, and he had the grace from the Holy Ghost. But I'm in Philippians chapter four, and I want to give you starting with verse 10, and we're going to read it through 13, because everyone quotes 13, but let's go to the place where um, Paul starts in 10 because it'll give us the context. Listen, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need 
For I, ha for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound uh, in any and every circumstance. I, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So understand, and if you bring it up from another passage where Paul starts to talk about all the things he's suffered for Christ's sake, I've been shipwrecked. I've been cold. I've been naked. I've been in times where uh, I had nothing to eat. In fact, and I deal with this in the book on fasting because in the King James, it says in fastings often, but that's, he's not talking about fasting and prayer. He's talking about there was no food to eat. And I went, I went hungry on a journey going somewhere that Christ had called me to go. And uh, we were on a ship, shipwrecked or out to sea or stranded or whatever. I've been beaten. I've been, you know, he talks about all of that. And he says, but however, this is what he's talking about in Philippians 4. But I can do all things through Christ. Anything within your purpose. Anything within your purpose. You have an unlimited capacity to do what God's called you to do. You have an unlimited capacity to do what God's called you to do without question. That's it, Robert. Thank you, Lenan, for putting that up while I was teaching. 1 John 2.27. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, abide in him. And so... It's, it's important to understand that if we've got, and I do, I want you to put this in the comments tonight, because we've got the Holy Ghost, we've got an advantage. Put that in the comments. Because we've got the Holy Ghost, we've got an advantage. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Because we've got the Holy Ghost, we've got an advantage. It's very true. It's very true. And we don't lack the ability to do anything we're called to do. You're full of power. You're full of wisdom. You're full of anointing, right? Think about it, that you are even, even utterance, as he said to the church in Corinth, he said, you don't come behind in any gift. You don't come behind in any gift as you wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning they're not without the gifts of the spirit. We're not without the gifts of the spirit. And the reason I was talking about that tonight is because it's so powerful to understand what the gifts of the Spirit can accomplish in your life. You have unlimited capacity. And we've talked about the fact you have foreknowledge. He can show you secrets about the future. He can give you divine wisdom, steps to take so that you miss out on the attacks of the devil. You know, you have the gift of faith so you can step out and do what no one else can do. You have the word of knowledge. You have a word of wisdom. You have uh, the gift of prophecy, tongues and interpretation, working of miracles, divine healing, discerning of spirits. It's amazing. It's amazing uh, what God will empower you to do. You have an unlimited capacity. And that's what I'm teaching. As we are on this time of fasting and prayer, we have to keep in mind, uh, because one of the things the devil will try very hard to do is tell us, well, nothing's really going to change because you're fasting and nothing's you know, you're just wasting your time and this is not going to work out and the things that you thought were going to come to pass, they're not going to come. And you have to you have to be able to look the devil right in the eye under your feet and say, you're a liar because things are already changing for the better on my behalf. 
I have, I'm not, I don't, I'm not lacking anything. I, I literally have unlimited capacity. I've got more wisdom than necessary. I've got more strength than necessary. I've got more power than necessary. I've got more resources than necessary. I mean, you start talking like that. Why? Because you're connected by covenant to the one who gives resources, who gives strength, who gives joy, who gives wisdom. Hallelujah. Unlimited capacity. I mean, we look at the scriptures that we use. James chapter one, verse five. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men and women liberally, which means he'll give you more than enough wisdom and will not rebuke you for asking. That's what the Bible teaches. So if anyone lacks wisdom, that means God is actively searching for people who want to receive divine wisdom. He said, I'm just waiting for you to ask. And when you ask, I'm going to give it to you liberally in the more than enough measure. Glory to God. I'm going to give it to you in the more than enough measure. Thank you, Jesus. So that you don't come behind in anything, not anything that it doesn't matter. You think God can't, you think God only gives you spiritual wisdom. He'll give you business wisdom. He'll give you wisdom on how to uh, launch a business, how to maintain a business, how to grow a business, how to expand a business. God can give you insight on how to raise children. God will give you insight about how to cause your marriage to flourish. He'll give you insight about how to deal with your friends and coworkers and bring them into the kingdom. He'll give you wisdom about the stock market, like we talked about earlier tonight. He'll give you a vet investing Things you say, well, I don't know if I could ever understand. You can understand it. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. You have an unlimited capacity. You have the mind of Christ. You've got the Holy Spirit that teaches you all things and leads you and guides you into all truth. Hallelujah. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost on this one tonight, man. Why? Because we're not going to fail, we're not going to lose. We're not going to miss out on what God said is ours. It's not going to happen. We're going to be right in the middle of the power and presence of God. We're going to be right in the middle of the will of God as we move forward. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. I can't believe tomorrow already that we're completing the first week of our, of our three-week fast. By the end of tomorrow, we've put a week is in the books with only two remaining. And I'm telling you, that as we're moving through this time of fasting and prayer, things are changing quickly by the power of God. I want, But I want to take time at the end of the broadcast tonight. And I want to take time to pray. And we need to pray together. And we need to join our faith and believe God. Many people have needs. Many people have requests. They're believing for miracles. Many people are looking for breakthrough to take place this year in multiple areas, me included. We all need breakthrough from the Holy Ghost. We all need God to move on our behalf. We all need the hand of God to be visible. Hallelujah. And so I'm gonna pray. I want you to, uh, amen, Lucy, I'm, I'm glad. God's given us revelation, wisdom, and insight, opening the eyes of our understanding. Amen, we need it, but we need to pray. And I want those of you that are here, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want you to stir up your faith. 
I want you to stir up your spirit, encourage yourself in the Lord, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, pray in your known language. Pray in your known language, but I'm going to pray for you now. Father, we come to you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're so thankful for the anointing that you've released to us. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you that we have unlimited capacity. We thank you, Lord, that resurrection power is alive and at work on the inside of us. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal body. So tonight I ask you, let that same spirit that raised a dead decomposing Jesus out of a tomb get into the bodies of those that are believing for physical miracles and drive out sickness and drive out disease. Lord, let your life-giving spirit drive out cancer cells and glaucoma and arthritis. And Lord, for those that are battling in their nervous system, Father, drive out every attack of the devil. Lord, those that are battling uh, in their uh, digestive system and in their respiratory system, heal them tonight by the power of your spirit. Crippling conditions have to go in Jesus' name. We declare it. We command addictions to be broken, strongholds to be loosed, and prison doors to come open by the power of the Holy Ghost. We declare this is our week of freedom in Jesus' name, that, Lord, tonight we receive miracles by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you give us divine wisdom like we've never had in Jesus' name as we move forward in 2022. Lord, for those that are going to be launching their own businesses, I pray that you'd give them insight. I pray you give them wisdom beyond their years. Things that they've never learned in the natural, let them manifest them by the power of your spirit because you gave us access to your ways and your thoughts, Lord, that are higher than our ways and our thoughts. In Jesus' name, give us access to the mind of Christ. Let us clearly hear the voice of your spirit. We'll not miss out. Let us be in the right place at the right time to receive harvests, constant harvests, constant harvests. Let this be a year that is filled with constant harvests, for it's our year of divine possession in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. We pray for our children. I pray, Lord, that you'd keep them safe from all harm and all danger. Every wicked thing that's launched against our children from the enemy is blown out of their way tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, blow your breath from heaven. Let God arise and every enemy of our children be scattered by the fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Put a hedge of protection around them and our grandchildren in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that our children and our grandchildren will never struggle with what others are struggling with in Jesus' name. They'll never know what it is to be diseased. They'll never know what it is to be in chronic pain and in chronic sickness. They'll never know what it is to be uh, bogged down by a spirit of perversion. They'll never know what it is to be hung over or high or overdosed. They'll never know what it is to be broken in relationships. They'll never know what it is to be broke and impoverished and to go without. They'll never know what it is to lack. They'll never know what it is to barely get by. But in Jesus' name, we declare that our families will always know what it is to walk in divine healing and health. They'll always know what it is to walk in joy and in peace. They'll always know the taste of freedom from addiction. 
They'll always know what it is to walk in the abundance and in the overflow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare by the power of your spirit that there is no weapon that is formed against us that can be allowed to prosper in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, tonight we declare it. Victory belongs to us in Jesus' name. Victory is ours, and we will see constant victories all year long. We'll see breakthroughs we've never seen. We thank you, Lord, this will be a banner year that we'll go where we've never gone, we'll do what we've never done, and we'll hold what we've never held in the mighty name of Jesus. For this is our year of divine possession, and we expect great things by the power of your wonderful spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for that. Now take a minute, if you would, and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we're taking authority. We join our faith for our nation. For those of us that are living in the United States of America, we join our faith for our nation right now. In Jesus' name. And every Antichrist plan that's being cooked up behind the scenes, we declare that it is being quickly destroyed and dismantled by the power of the Holy Ghost. We, as a praying church, as an on-fire church, are praying for this nation. And we declare America will be saved in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that the breath of heaven is blowing through all of the 50 states and the minor outlying territories. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name that our churches are catching on fire again, that the people of God are getting serious again. We thank you, Lord, that people are getting a conviction in their heart again to do the work that you've called us to do. Lord, let complacency run out of our churches. Let that lukewarm spirit run out of our churches in Jesus' name and set us on fire again with the mighty anointing of your presence. Lord, we're not satisfied with the, the status quo. We're not satisfied with what we've seen in the past. And we thank you for what you've done in the past. But we thank you that you have greater ready for your people. You have greater things ready for your church. We thank you that it just gets better and better and better in the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we ask you now that you would blow your breath and operate like you never have through our churches in America. Let them be built up. Let doors begin to open by the power of God in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray that souls would come in from every direction. Let souls come in from every direction, the north and the south, the east and the west. Blow them in, Lord, and let them be saved quickly. Let people be baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
Lord, the churches that used to be Pentecostal, that have stepped outside of the Pentecostal experience for whatever reason, whether that's for persecution or they've just become intimidated, or maybe it's just that they've uh, become part of those that are fulfilling Bible prophecy, that their hearts were growing cold and they were beginning to fall away from the faith and maybe even beginning to preach doctrines of devils, as the Bible says, let them come back again into the fire of the Holy Ghost and not be ashamed of your spirit, not be ashamed of your presence in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that all 50 states and all territories will feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, that whatever it was that this globalist agenda was trying to push on the nations of the world, we ask you, Lord, to push back against it by your spirit and give us more time to do the work of the ministry before Jesus comes back to the earth again. Give us more years to preach this gospel, more years to see unsaved families saved, more years to see our loved ones and our friends and coworkers come into the kingdom of God. Give us that time of revival. Blow your breath one more time. Let a mighty move of your spirit sweep through the nations of the world. Lord, I pray that the nations would begin to open back up again so that revival will take place in these nations and there can be travel where crusades can be held and souls will come into the kingdom. Open these nations up, Lord, by your presence, by your power. Overthrow the plans of evil men, no matter what position they hold, no matter where they're sitting, whether it's the prime minister or president of a nation or a king of a nation, doesn't matter where they sit in the natural, Lord. Overthrow the plans of the wicked and let your plans flourish. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We praise you for that. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, and we expect it, and we call it done. And if you believe it, somebody shout a loud amen, throw some fire up, throw some hands up, and begin to thank God that it is done in Jesus' wonderful name. It is done in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on that, man. God is moving. God is moving. Be encouraged. You have an unlimited capacity. You have an unlimited capacity in the Holy Ghost. Whoo! That's, that's, that's got to be the quickest hour I've ever spent online right there. That, that flew by. Quickest hour I've ever spent. Just to give you some updates of what's happening here in, in uh, Madison, Indiana. Tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Carolyn is speaking uh, here. I believe they're doing a women's conference tomorrow night. Uh, as you know, I believe, I'm not sure yet, but they may be streaming it. So if they are, uh, we'll let you know and let you know where you can watch it. Uh, tomorrow again, 6 p.m. And then Sunday begins Revival. Uh, morning, night, and then Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Uh, we're open. If, if See what God will do. If we go on Thursday night, if we go on Friday night, of course, we'll let you know. Uh, those are going to be live streamed, I believe. We'll let you know if they're going to be on all platforms or just Facebook. And then next week, we start in Jasper, Indiana. So this week's Madison, Indiana. Next week, Jasper, Indiana. And then we're going to be going home and we'll break the fast with you guys. Uh, we'll have the we'll be back in the studio doing sessions, and then of course on the final night, which is the twenty second, we're going to be doing a a prayer service and a communion service 
before we break the fast together. So God is going to do supernatural things this year for us, which I, I cannot wait to see what comes to pass in, in just one year. It's going to be supernatural. I'll give you an opportunity and challenge you to sow a seed at the end of the broadcast. Of course, you can always go to miracleword.com. I saw Ben uh, sowing a seed via hashtag donate, uh, but I'm not sure that that works in the private Facebook group, Ben, if you're still on. But you can always go to miracleword.com and all the ways to give are there. I want to say thank you again to all those that are partnering with us. Let me say it again, by the way, the stories I told about Dr. Summerall tonight, they're so, they're so faith building. But um, that's the book that we're going to um, send to all of our partners in the month of January. It's that book, Adventuring with Christ. Uh, and so uh, it's the stories of, of he, him and, and, and Howard Carter traveling together. And then, of course, those that are giving $250 or more, we're including with that how we got the Bible. And then uh, it's just, I'm telling you, faith-building resources, you need to get that. Rebecca said, how does virtual communion work? We've worked out a way with Facebook where they'll allow my hand to come through the phone with the wafer and place it right on your tongue. And then I can pour the grape juice right into the speaker on my phone. It comes right out. No, we're just asking you. Um, we're asking you to uh, get your own juice, your own uh, wafers, uh, whether you got to go to the grocery store, whatever you got. We're asking you to get your own juice, get your own wafers. We're doing it from our homes. And of course, we'll be in the studio. You'll be home or wherever you're going to be. And we're going to just do it together. I'm going to encourage you, give you a word on communion. And then we're going to take it together. And we're believing for big things, big things. I love you guys. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Of course, there's no morning broadcast tomorrow. It's Saturday, but we'll be back tomorrow night. And then uh, if... We find out about the service tomorrow night. We'll let you know about the live stream for that as well as Carolyn's preaching tomorrow. So it's going to be a good word. She allowed me to see the behind the scenes. I've got the notes. She gave me access ahead of time. And um, Carolyn, you want to do any kind of previews or are you, you're saving it for tomorrow? No previews? You want to come say hi to everybody before we go? Carolyn's here in all of her glory. She's beautiful after a full day of traveling. Can you even believe the glow on this woman. <laughs> Look at the glow on this woman. Hey, everybody. And uh, she's she's preaching tomorrow night, and it's going to be powerful. Thanks, Beth. I love you. Just have Maddie go live. Maddie will just go live. Phone. She'll just go live and hold the phone and follow hey, mom around. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie. Just following around like paparazzi. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Ashley Melton's on. I love Ashley. We love you guys a lot, man. We made it. We uh, we left we left Florida this morning, and it was like what eighty degrees. Hey, Susan. Yes, and it's we landed. Right it's eighteen degrees. So love you too, Hannah. I can't wait to see you. We're feeling that winter. <laughs> I actually had to put a coat on for the first time in a long well since winter. You're like really comfy. I'm very comfy. That's how you preach your message? Mm -hmm. Laid back no. on the couch. I went from laid back to leaning forward. I'm if gonna, I got, I'm gonna ask the church to put a couch on the platform. If I got excited, I leaned forward. But once I felt the, the peace of the spirit, I leaned back and then excited leaning forward again. <laughs> we love you too. We love you too. Thanks for hanging with us again. <laughs> or prop it on a chair. We just want to hear. No, it's good. They have live stream at the hey, church. Ken. No, Zach's going tomorrow. Yeah, so we Jenna should have it told up. told me that, it was, that my service was going to be live. Oh, good. Okay. On yeah. our channels? Yeah. 
Okay, good. So mm -hmm. it'll be on our channels. Yeah. And um, it's going to be great. And then, of course, tomorrow night they're at 9 o'clock. They're going to bring you a couch. They're going to bring you a couch and you just... <laughs> so anyway, Zach was leaving New York and there were two people at his gate. Hazmat suits. Full hazmat suits. And what else? Gloves. Gloves and double Shield. masks. Shields. And masks. Double or triple masks. So you better... You know they're safe. You know they're safe from that Omicron. <laughs> they're super safe up there in New York. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us again. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. Have a great rest. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.